Well, so Maine is out. Sheboygan stands, the world's tallest symbol of freedom. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. 712 Wisconsin's Morning News. Great to be back with you. Eric out for another couple of days. Adam Roberts sitting in here on Wisconsin's Morning News. Dateline Sheboygan. Ooh. Worry not. Hello. Old glory in Wisconsin will still wave at its greatest height from a freestanding pole here in Wisconsin. As plans to unseat the site as the world's tallest symbol of freedom, as they call it, have now been abandoned. Didn't know this was going on, but Alex Garner writes in the Sheboygan Press there was a $1 billion flagpole proposal. That's a very expensive pole. Right. And there was going to be some build out around it as well. They were going to call it Freedom Park. And it was in Maine at a site that had been chosen. And the project, according to Garner writing in the Sheboygan Press, uh, was aimed to honor veterans, share American war history. They were going to put up a 1,400 foot tall flagpole and free flying American flag larger than a football field. Then they would have had a remembrance area and with names and exhibits and all of that. So it wasn't just the poll that was going to cost a billion dollars, but it was a huge investment. It was going to drastically eclipse that symbol that you see right off of I-43 if you're ever headed up to Sheboygan. Drive by it all the time. The Acuity Pole is 400 feet high, built in 2014, and it waves that flag that measures 70 feet by 140 feet I've never actually visited the site itself. Like, it's always a drive-by and a, hey, there it is, that's flag. Hey, kids, that's the biggest flagpole. You know? <laughs> For me, it's always the marker of, I am almost where my, my mom and my grandma both live in Sheboygan. Okay, I'm there so all the time. So that's the marker of, of, yep, all right, here we go. We're almost here. Wake up, hon. You can wake up from your nap now. We're almost to grandma's house. And not for nothing. I mean, I know folks who have driven up there specifically just to see that. Mm-hmm. Said, hey, we're going to go up there. We're going to see the flagpole. We're going to check out the things that are around it. And then we're going to go grab a bite to eat, maybe somewhere at the Kohler Properties or, you know, make make a drive of it, make a day of it. If and, you've ever been by it, and one of the coolest things I think about it, instead of, I mean, obviously there's the massive height of the pole, but also, and I was mentioning this to you earlier, how it almost feels like in slow oh, motion yeah. that flight. It's so big. Even on like a 50 mile an hour day, it's still just moving very slow. Very majestic. Well, so Maine is out. Sheboygan stands the world's tallest symbol of freedom remains. 7.15 on Wisconsin's Morning News. we got sports coming up next. Sponsored by Holiday Automotive at Highway 23 in Fond du Lac. Holiday Automotive, it's worth the trip. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. After getting boat raced at home on Tuesday night, the Milwaukee Bucks will have one more chance to get back into the win column before the All-Star festivities get set to take place this weekend. Bucks head coach Doc Rivers and his team will be in Memphis tonight to take on the Grizzlies. And unlike the loss to Miami earlier this week, Milwaukee will look to get things back on track, beginning with their defense. Well, the first thing you know, you have to get is stops. You know, if you're taking the ball out every single time, I mean, I don't know what they end up shooting, but they were shooting 57 at halftime, right, 58 or something. So you're not getting a lot of transition. You're not getting the ball out and running. Everything was half court, and, and we got stuck in the muck in half court. We never slowed them down offensively to ever have anything um, on our end. You know, I think that's part of it. Bucks Grizzlies tonight from Memphis. Tip-off is set for 7.30. Coverage will get underway right here on WTMJ beginning at 7. 
From the NBA over to college hoops, where the UWM Panthers got a bounce-back win on Wednesday night, defeating Cleveland State on the road. This was a close one, winning 71-68. to Pullion deep three, bucket, just the way they drew it up. They knew it all along. Scott Warris on the call on 101.7 The Truth as Kentrell Pullion would sink three of his nine points on the night there. Faison Fields would also add 17, and with the win, the Panthers crawling back to a 500 record, currently sitting at 13 and 13 on their season. After the game, head coach Bart Lundy on his team's big time road victory. They just fought and scrapped and you know found a way, and uh, uh, that's a really good basketball team we just beat that plays really well on their home floor. Uh, I couldn't be more proud of those guys. Uh, just it was just a total team effort. Next up for the Panthers is a home game against Northern Kentucky on Saturday night. And lastly, some NBA news that occurred before a game was played last night. Detroit Pistons center Isaiah Stewart arrested for assault after punching Phoenix Suns center Drew Eubanks at the arena hours before the two teams even tipped off. Eubanks said before the game that the altercation happened as he was coming into the arena. He also said the argument started and they were chest-to-chest before Stewart threw a punch at him. Phoenix police said Stewart was issued a citation and he was released. <laughs> Man, so that's more than a little scrap, right? If you call the cops before right? the game. Jeez. <laughs> hey, coming up. Yes, Brewers pitchers and catchers report to spring training today, but also why it's an important day for fans. Seven nineteen in Wisconsin's morning news. At 7.23 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Brewers, pitchers, and catchers this morning waking up in Arizona on their official report day for spring training. First full squad workout is next week. Today, tickets for the season's games, including what's left for the home opener, go on sale. Play ball. On the Tri-County Contracting Hotline this morning, Brewers President of Business Operations. Rick Schlesinger with us this morning. Rick, can I start with this? As a baseball man, I'm ashamed to admit that I actually have to ask this question. But what's the story with pitchers and catchers always reporting early? Like, do they just have more stuff or, you know? <laughs> well, they they need they need a little more time to warm up. But uh, somebody once asked me, I understand why pitchers report early, but why do catchers report early? And I said, well, somebody's got to catch the ball. Well, well, yeah. <laughs> so, they they kind of go hand in hand. I, I understand they? the latter yeah. part of that more. Hey, let's talk tickets this morning, Rick. Later today, the individual game tickets go on sale for the season. So that means fans can pick their series or maybe they're hot on a theme night or whatever and then buy tickets for those games. Yeah, at 10 a.m., um, individual games go on sale. Obviously, we've been selling season tickets in groups for, for quite a while, and, and a lot of those packages include opening day. So quite a number of opening day tickets are already sold, but still plenty of plenty of good seats left, as well as some great games and some great matchups this year. And I know a lot of people are talking about the Cubs in May, and that's going to be a popular game. But, uh, you know, we're excited with the schedule, and we open against the Twins, which is always fun, a good you know rivalry game to start off the season. So how's the progress on the Monster Vision scoreboard, too, Rick? That is going to be up and ready for opening day, yes? Yeah, in fact, the main display, which is over 12,000 square feet, is already in place. And uh, we expect to light it up later this month. And the secondary display, which is a little under 3,000 square feet, is almost done as well. So both projects going very well, had a schedule, and, uh, yeah, they're they're game-changing. They are, they are large. They're going to be incredibly fun for the fans to experience. 
Hey, and players notice that too, Rick. I mean, not for nothing, but you, you want guys to be excited about playing in Milwaukee. And it's one of the reasons that I know you pushed so hard for the stadium improvements that we're going to be seeing over the years. But it's not just about functionality. It's also about that game experience that matters, of course, to us fans. But I know the players take notice of the environment that they're playing in. They want to play in an exciting place. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the players like it. They like the energy. You know, believe me, they pay attention. We if, if we put something on the scoreboard that they don't like, we hear about it. So that means uh, <laughs> nothing else. They're definitely paying attention. Why'd you use that but, picture no, of me, man? <laughs> exactly. Or why'd you bring that stat up? <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, that's going to be fun. You know, we've got some new food options. We've got a Third Street Market Hall Annex. We've got a upgraded and expanded retail store. Uh, so, you know, a lot of good enhancements this year that fans are going to like. Uh, I know you're on the business side, and we're talking with Rick Schlesinger, president of business operations for the Brewers, but GM Matt Arnold has made a lot of moves here. He's invested on the offensive side. Now, from where you sit, is this team in a good position to continue to contend for postseason as early as this yeah. season? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, what we're trying to do, and it's not easy, but Matt's done well, is we want to compete and win now, but also want to make sure we can compete in the future. So, you know, a lot of the moves we make are designed to sort of straddle that line between, you know, being competitive now, but also not mortgaging your future. Um, I think our pitching is not going to be as strong as it was last year, but our hitting is going to be a lot stronger. So you balance that out. You know, I think it's going to be a really fun, tight division. Every team in the central is improving and, you know, we're still the defending champ. So, you know, we get it and I feel really comfortable at saying that we're going to be competitive all year and it's going to be a really good, exciting race. Hey, Rick, real quick question for you before we let you go here coming up. I'm curious. We've Everyone's talking Jackson Shurio. I mean, that's the name du jour of young guys coming up through this farm system. He's in Arizona hoping to get a roster spot. I'm curious from the business side of things. Have you already, have you guys, I know I don't want to put cart before proverbial horse, but have you planned a marketing strategy? Because this guy seems like he's on a trajectory, but he's something really big. Yeah, I mean, I think we can say that about him and a few of the other guys who well, I think we're going to have you know strong first year appearances here in Milwaukee. Um, yeah, we're already selling you know Jurio jerseys, yeah. and player tees, so that's that was obviously something we took advantage of right away. And yeah, we've got believe me, we are preparing for videos and other things when Tim and the other players come up. So. Yeah, we're excited about him as well as the fans, and, and I hope that, uh, frankly, he's on the opening roster. He's such a generational talent. Um, but the good news is, you know, Matt will make a decision based on if he's ready and if he's performing. Um, we don't need to rush him, but on the other hand, um, this guy is majorly ready. He's only 19, but he is, you know, he's a star of the making. Well, and as far as investments go, if you're going to throw in for a jersey, Rick, you want one with a guy that's going to be around for a while, and Matt's taking care of that as well. Yeah, we have a long-term <laughs> contract with Jackson, who's never played a game in the major leagues, but uh, he's obviously earned the the right to to you know spend the money he's going to make, and it's going to be a big contract. But you know, this is one of those things you have to do in our market um, in our game with you know without a salary cap and with the challenges of trying to keep your your best players. Um, you got to make decisions to invest in them early, and he made a decision too to invest in us. So. Um, it's a two-way street, so he's excited about being here long-term, and we're excited to have him long-term. Brewers President of Business Operations, Rick Schlesinger, with us this morning. Thanks, Rick. Thank you. Thanks, Rick! And again, those tickets go on sale 10 o'clock this morning for individual games. One more for the Bucks tonight before the All-Star break. The head coach is focused on defense, this in particular. Brandon Snyde has that in sports at 745. It happens from time to time. Musicians putting things up for auction. Well, it's happening again. Rocket Man! 
John is auctioning off more than 900 pieces from his former home in Atlanta. They include everything from clothing he's worn on stage to a 1990 Bentley, a Versace couch, a pinball machine, and a Yamaha Conservatory Grand Piano. They've been set up as an exhibit at Christie's Auction House in New York. It'll be open to the public beginning February 21st. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. New nice York. little housewarming gift. Uh, oh, I got over here. That old grand piano I got in the corner. Oh, no big Elton deal. John's, it's just Elton right. John's piano. <laughs> it's no big deal. Who who's is this his stuff right now, or is it in various other places? You know, like I think it's just all stuff from his former place. It's spe- it sell it all. Expected to bring in the about ten sale. million. <laughs> right. I guess. Look, we all got stuff. Yeah. So now, well, n- not none of my stuff is cumulatively worth anywhere near ten million dollars. Very extensive version of you know Facebook Marketplace going on right here. <laughs> The news report uh, here brought to you by Steinhoffels. You can visit them at steinhoffels.com. 7.42 on Wisconsin's morning news. You know, since we've been sending astronauts into space, spending billions of dollars a year on NASA alone, you know, there's, there's always this debate. I like science. I like rockets. But what's, is this the best way to be spending taxpayer money, right? What are we, what are we doing this for? Or when the U.S. created that new branch of the military, Space Force, under President Trump, there were laughs and snickers. Space Force. Got a whole show. Right. But a very real manifestation of what may come next in space and why that investment may be worth it is at the fore. ABC News national correspondent Stephen Portnoy is live with us this morning from Washington. Stephen, this uh, House Intelligence Committee kind of set off alarm bells recently with this report that Russia is working to put a nuclear weapon into space. I guess first things first, how real is that threat? Well, that is something we're trying to figure out. I mean, look, um, what we heard yesterday was that there was this urgent matter that members of Congress needed to be read on right away and that uh, the president needed to declassify. That was the call from House Intelligence Committee Chair Mike Turner. We later learned through sources that what this is about is this Russian capability or Russian effort, Russian desire to put a nuclear weapon in space to take out American satellites. And think of it. Uh, We can joke about, you know, Star Wars and all these other things from the 80s about space lasers and whatnot. And, but our, the satellites that fly above uh, America and other countries in low Earth orbit are vulnerable. And it's international treaties and sort of international norms that protect them. Uh, but if the Russians are talking about blowing them out of the sky with a nuclear weapon, think of the diminished capability that the United States would have, that we would all have. I mean, in, in our pockets, we have devices that tell us where we are and how to get from one place to another. That's satellite technology. Uh, the ability for this radio station to bring in network programming or sports programming, that's satellite technology. Uh, the idea that, you know, all of our uh, military capabilities overseas are and spy capabilities, it's satellite technology. And if you take it all out in one swoop, you leave the United States extremely vulnerable. And that's what Congressman Turner appears to be most worried about. Now, one of the questions that's been asked is here in Washington, D.C., why yesterday? Why did Mike Turner feel the need to ring an alarm bell on this? Pull the fire alarm, essentially. He's the chair of the Intelligence Committee. He has the authority to be a part of the oversight, to, to peer into what the executive branch knows on behalf of the people, and to sometimes, in rare circumstances, pull the alarm, as he did yesterday. But... You know, when you have his counterparts in the Senate saying no need for alarm and you have the Speaker of the House say no need for alarm, you have to scratch your head and wonder what's behind all this. 
And today, the president's national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, is going to go to Capitol Hill to provide a closed-door classified briefing to the four senior members of the House who are involved in intelligence matters. The Speaker of the House, the Democratic leader, and the chairman and ranking member of the Intelligence Committee. And they're going to talk about this Russian capability. Um, why it is that Mike Turner felt the need to draw worldwide attention to it in advance of that briefing is very much a mystery. You know, one other thing I wanted to check in with you on, Stephen, this occurred to me as I think just this morning or this week, Russia launched another supply mission up to the International Space Station. What folks need to know about our astronauts and cosmonauts is they are still in some cooperative ventures working together in Earth orbit. How uncomfortable some of these things must be for those folks who are up there just trying to do their jobs. You got to wonder about that. I mean, look, um, space exploration is a civilian endeavor. And to the extent that NASA cooperates with the Russian Space Agency, that's all in the area of sort of scientific advancement. But when it comes to military capabilities and espionage and, you know, the spy craft and all that, that is a, a state game. That is a game of risk. And, you know, ultimately, when it comes to capabilities, you remember the arms race through the later part of the 20th century, it was all about one-upmanship. And so it looks like, in Mike Turner's mind, this is a Sputnik moment, where suddenly mm -hmm. the Russians have advanced ahead of us, and we had better chase or catch up to or defeat their efforts to try to get ahead of us. Otherwise, we could be left vulnerable. ABC News National Correspondent Stephen Portnoy, live with us from Washington. Thanks, Stephen. You bet. A little bit uncomfortable at the coffee closet up there in the ISS this morning. Yeah, and nuclear hey, warfare. Hey, just, Vlad, anything new there in Russia? <laughs> and nuclear warfare is always something that just gives me the shivers anyway. <laughs> right. Just the idea, and we didn't get to it, but they say they're going to use it to take out satellites. I oh, still right. don't feel great about a nuclear weapon potentially boop, 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 hanging over my head at any given moment. Nobody does. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The up and down season for the UWM Panthers continued on Wednesday night as Bart Lundy and his boys secured the 71-68 road win over Cleveland State. Lob ahead, fields the catch, in transition, low on the right, layup is good. Scott Warris on the call on 101.7 The Truth as Fazion fields with the bucket there for two of his team high 17 points last night after the game head coach Bart Lundy speaking on how vital it was for his squad to get a much-needed road victory. But right now, I love this team and, and what they did tonight and those those eight guys, ten guys on that bench. I wish we'd have got, uh, you know, if we'd have got Youngstown, two out of the three, but we get to get one. We went into this uh, three-game stretch knowing that two of these three um, were 12-1 were and one at home. Mm -hmm. And uh, so to get one is gold and you know, now if we can finish out, get a good seed, give ourselves a chance in this tournament. Next up for UWM is a matchup back in Milwaukee Saturday night against Northern Kentucky. To the NBA, after a four-game homestand, the 35-20 and 20 Milwaukee Bucks will be in Memphis tonight to take on the Grizzlies in their final game before the All-Star break this upcoming weekend. The Bucks lost on Tuesday to the Heat at home, marked their fourth in their last sixth game. Something head coach Doc Rivers attributes to both sides of the ball. You have these nights, you hate them, but it is what it is. I, I, I thought as bad as it looked defensively, I thought our offense was way worse. We were shooting 51% at halftime, and I thought we were playing just awful offense. And I thought that that started our defense. You know, the ball didn't move a lot tonight. Uh, not the way it's been moving. And I think right now what our team is, it 
we get our personality from the offensive end, and we don't want that. We want to get our personality from the defense, from playing hard and doing defensive things. The Bucks will look to bounce back tonight against those Grizzlies. Tip-off is set for 7.30. Coverage will begin right here on WTMJ, your home of the Bucks, beginning at 7. Starting Unlimited, WTMJ News Time, 7.50. Just before 8 o'clock and coming up at 8.10 this morning, we're going to have the director and producer of the new Giannis Antetokounmpo documentary joining us live to talk about that piece, which drops next week on Prime Video. And also we'll have a couple of theater screenings here in the Milwaukee area. So that's all coming up at 10 minutes after 8. I was glad to have the opportunity to pre-screen the documentary. It's a little over an hour and a half, and it is fantastic. So really look forward to that conversation. Hope you will stick around for that. Of all things to see in our nation's capital, for me, no visit is complete without stopping at the National Archives, if you can do it. You know, I mean, there are monuments to see in Arlington National Cemetery and tours of this and that, but you got to go to the archives to see the, the original founding documents of our land. I think I, last time I was in D.C. was the first time I was in D.C., and that was back in 2008, and that was one of the go-to stops on our National Junior Honor Society there you trip. Go. Declaration of Independence, Constitution, Bill of Rights all on display there. And some clowns, maybe you saw this on social media, ruined that experience for visitors this week because they thought what they had to say about patriarchy and climate change or whatever it was, this video is all over social media. They thought it was much more important than folks who are there for other reasons. Uh, credit Ford Fisher of News to Share. This country is founded on the conditions that all men are created or created equally and endowed with the inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We're calling for all people to have all these rights, not just wealthy white men. Okay, that's enough from you two. Um, these two guys, they spread some sort of red dust all over the display of the Constitution. If you've been there, you know it's under deeply protective glass. And so it, the, the Constitution, the document itself was not damaged, but the display was. And then they had to clear the place out and shut everything down. Uh, I'll add, these guys were quoting the Declaration of Independence. So, <laughs> I mean, I w- wouldn't count on them being well-versed in civics anyway as they're there destroying the Constitution. But nonetheless. The irony not missed upon us, I guess. Right. I mean, look, this is an imperfect nation. Even at its founding, when the documents were written, they were imperfect. We were not fulfilling the promises that were declared within. But one of my favorite parts of the archives is the museum. I think it's downstairs from where the actual display is of the documents. And they have there all of the groups throughout American history, whether it be women or indigenous people, people of color, who have had to fight to achieve the promises that were guaranteed to them in these documents. But that is celebrated. We are still a work in progress 200 plus years later. And that's a place to go and to honor not just what was laid out, but the fact that it was laid out and we continue to struggle for that. And for these guys, you know, whatever your message is there, that's fine. But, you know, the duty is ours to continue working toward that which these documents guarantee. The framework of our nation's founding that we celebrate and their ignorant demonstration got no one any closer to that. Now, devil's advocate would say that, you know, well, we did it. You're talking about it this morning and our message is being spread, though I will say whenever this sort of thing happens and there's a message, whether it's climate change, whether it's women's rights, whatever it is, the message is always lost because of the initial shock of just seeing something like a celebrated document being in thankfully not destroyed or tampered with but just seeing that the message gets completely lost it's like okay i yeah list this under 
protest number 1,482 done in this way. I don't remember any of the other messages from anyone. I remember there was the soup thrown on that Van Gogh painting a couple of years ago. I don't remember what the message was from that. But the message is, you know, in the visit to the archives is, yes, it's still a work in progress. And so if you wanted people to be inspired by that and continue working toward these ideals, I don't know that this achieved that goal.